0: I always thought tolerance wasn't really a high ideal. I, I, I never was sure, is tolerating anything an ideal? Because if you think about the people in your life and ask yourself, who do I merely tolerate? That's not really great. <laughs> it's like people shouldn't be treated with tolerance. You know. Uh, so the next higher level up is acceptance. So And then, okay, so accepting people means you're totally okay with them. But even that, you can see, is that really an ideal when it comes to how we treat others? Not really. The gold in relationships is actually love.
1: Before we get started, if you enjoy these episodes, you might want to explore more at OptimalWork.com. Our website offers unique content, tools, and exercises to help you thrive at work and beyond. We have an in-depth masterclass which covers our entire theory of growth. We have daily recommendations for personalized advice, and we have a platform to help groups and organizations learn and practice Optimal Work together. You can get a free trial at OptimalWork.com. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey, this is Sharif, here with another episode of the Optimal podcast, joined by Dr. Kevin Majors. Kevin, good to be back here with you again.
0: Hey, Sharif, great to be back here with you.
1: Yeah, Kevin, well, uh, I'm really excited about this new course we're working on for the website, OptimWork.com. and it's focused on anxiety, anxiety at work, which is uh, a common challenge for people these days. Um, and one thing I noticed was a kind of new presentation of the metals analogy which we've done a podcast episode on before it comes from guy meadows the sleep book i believe and uh the it's the episode is titled the, the previous one is why you should aim for silver instead of gold but in the new course you're kind of encouraging people to aim for gold uh which is an interesting change so uh, I'd like to you know, dive into the differences in that analogy and some of the conclusions that we draw from this and the, the advice that we give people mm-hmm. based on that.
0: That's great. I think the metals analogy has been a very useful way of explaining to people the different stages you go through as you're addressing any kind of problem in your life. And the original idea, as Guy Meadows presented it in the sleep book, uh, is that Bronze is that when it comes to insomnia, uh, you don't get out of bed, um, but maybe you're frustrated too. Like you so say there's, there's frustration, but you actually do the right thing and stay in bed instead of getting out to go watch TV or work or do something else. Silver is you're, you still you don't get out of bed, but you are totally accepting of the situation and all that you're feeling. And he says that then in gold, in fact, you sleep. So the way to get to gold is that you had to first get to silver and you just aim at practicing acceptance of your current situation. So, and then eventually you'll get the outcomes that you want. So I think that has, that's helpful in a lot of ways. And, but the deeper I went into it, the more I could see it also has some real limitations. Uh, And that's especially clear when you start applying it to something with anxiety so you could think of anxiety that, you know, take, take any example of anxiety. Maybe it's like speaking in public. It could be speaking up at, you know, uh, it, it could be PTA meetings or it could be, you know, at in, in meetings at work or giving presentations. Now, bronze would mean that you don't avoid giving this, but you uh, somehow you like power your way through it. So you just, you, you try to do all you can to power through and get it over with. Silver is you don't avoid it, but you completely accept and welcome the anxiety. So you're allowing yourself to feel the alarm. If you start thinking of it then, you can see that bronze is pure challenge, bare challenge, maybe heroic challenge that is pushed through Silver adds to something. It adds something to that. It adds that you are now fully being mindful of the alarm as well, so that you're, you're fully feeling what you're experiencing. It includes the challenge, because you're still leaning in to whatever the challenge is, speaking where you were afraid to speak in the past, and you're totally welcoming the alarm. But what it leaves out is reframing. And that's in fact a problem in in the history of behavioral therapy. Behavioral therapy started by helping people do very strong exposure exercises, and just to keep doing it until you've made the trigger go extinct. So now you you went from speaking at the PTA meeting to you know speaking at some kind of much larger event to singing in the food court in your favorite mall. Oh you know, And so there's like, you keep escalating until finally now you've completely extinguished it. That's the kind of the heroic way of bronze exposure. You know, and then what got added in the, starting in the 1990s was the component of mindfulness, of being mindful of the, the sounding of the alarm. And in fact, it makes it much easier. And people found then that by adding mindfulness to this, it's not so aversive. People are less likely to give up and flee in the middle of it. So, mindfulness was like a glue that kept people staying with the process and transformed the process to some extent. Because when you're mindful of your alarm, it's not nearly so frightening. It starts to seem very finite. Like if you're running from it, it feels like a force around you and it's terrifying. It's like you're, you, you find yourself caught in a dark wood. Um, But once you become mindful of the anxiety, it shrinks and it's much more doable. But what's missing is how do you really then get to gold with anxiety? Are we going to say gold is no anxiety? That seemed wrong because that would be like, okay, then there's no challenge. If there's no anxiety, then there's no like anxiety. And, you know, what is anxiety at its core? You know, it's what people call anxiety is the adrenaline when they dread it. But when you love adrenaline, when you welcome it, it's just excitement and thrill and a performance enhancer. To me, that seems like gold. If you can find situations that you had previously dreaded, and then now you get an actual bounce in your performance by looking forward to the adrenaline. So you're, you know, that could be like, say, taking a test. You know, take, test anxiety is so healthy, and workable because you need the adrenaline when you take a test. And as long as you welcome it, it transforms it into being a pure help, a boost, so you get better performance, better scores on the test. So so this is my rethinking that gold has to include then the reframe of anxiety so that you see it now as a positive. thing. Before we continue,
1: a brief message. If you're benefiting from these discussions, please hit like and subscribe to our channel. Doing so helps us reach more people. So you're not just learning yourself, you're helping others discover a path to growth and flourishing too. Thanks so much for your support. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so we have these three levels. Bronze is kind of pushing through and the, with the challenge. That's the behavior component, I suppose. And then- yeah. Silver is adding mindfulness, so we're kind of moving backwards. Challenge and then mindfulness, mm-hmm. and then gold is reframing where where you love it. Uh, yeah. So you also had this helpful discussion that okay, bronze is like the 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 thing is outside of you. Mindful uh, silver mindfulness is now it's in, internal, and then with reframing now it's it's transcendent. It's like above you. Could you go into that a little yeah, bit exactly. more? Of the importance of especially in the last step, now there's a transcendent goal because exactly I, th- I think sometimes with mindfulness you don't or uh, sorry with anxiety, you don't want it to just be about like learning how to embrace adrenaline, but also there's the importance that, hey, adrenaline is going to help you perform better, make you a bu- better, say, public speaker. and that will help you to serve those people around you and to live out your ideals. So it seems to me now, We're more directly bringing in the concept of ideals and bonds, which we talk about in every other context, into the treatment of anxiety, which I think is really interesting.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think of it,
1: I've I've been
0: playing around with like, what are the right phrases to describe it? You know, it seems like the challenge in bronze, when people are at bronze, they are struggling with a trigger that they want to go away and they might approach the trigger with the goal of extinguishing it. So people might be afraid of heights. And so they're going to go and make themselves go to high places so that they get over their fear of heights. And in a way, that was the entire agenda of all of behavior therapy. And it can work, um, but it is a little bit brutal. Uh, the, uh, the, the the example of, um, that I actually, I think I mentioned this in the class, is uh, a person who had a phobia of being contaminated by blood, particularly blood from patients with leukemia. They were terrified of getting leukemia through public surfaces. So, and this was, you see this in OCD. Um, And so the treatment was they actually got blood from a patient with leukemia and then did exposures. So the person had to eventually be touching leukemia blood and like maybe wiping it on themselves. In the end, they took the remainder of the blood, put it in a spray bottle, and they went to the patient's home and sprayed every surface with it, even the coffee maker. And then they sat down and had coffee together. So they made coffee from the... (laughs) So now that is like how behavioral therapy in a bronze mindset tried to extinguish a trigger radically by going to... It's like... In a way, it's like supererogatory. It goes beyond what you could ever ask of someone, beyond what you could ever even come up with in reality. And so these these like excessive exposures were done be, so that they are so far outside of the real, the, the, the realm of possibility. I, mean, I, I remember getting a patient to lick their shoe. <laughs> so because there was the same it was the same thing. Now, it had a wonderful effect, you, know? and so it, it was for that trigger. It was, you know, it was in fact, no, they didn't just do it, they they worked themselves up to it for, and so they, and so when they did it, it wasn't that bad for them. Uh, But that is the kind of superlative exposure experience of bronze. What I found, though, is that once you get really into bronze, into the exposure, the real thing is helping them with not just the trigger, but with the triggering And that's when I came across the work of Eifert and Forsyth. I read their book, uh, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Anxiety Disorders, which if if people are psychologically interested and want to be educated, that is a wonderful book. It's It's called Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Anxiety Disorders. And in there, Eifert and Forsyth say that there is only one anxiety disorder, seeing anxiety as a disorder. So the treatment is teaching people to welcome all anxiety. You don't even have to classify it. So that opened up then this idea of like, whoa, you can just, with mindfulness, there's a whole deeper element than to an exposure. So instead of needing to go kind of superlative and do these excessive exposures, you can actually just do enough to help people to start to welcome their alarm in session so that then they can do it even outside the session. And they get comfortable with the sounding of their own alarm. But the problem, again, is it still has a kind of, the adrenaline, I mean, it doesn't really attend, it's not really, I would say, honoring the real nature of anxiety itself, which is not a, fl- it's not like a misfiring of neurons. It's It's not that nature has somehow gotten broken. It's just that your amygdala is detecting a challenge and giving you the adrenaline you need to approach it or to deal with it or to grow through it. So adrenaline has this, it's not just fight or flight. It's also to approach and grow. So there is an element of adrenaline that was meant to give us the ability to transcend ourselves. That with adrenaline, you can do better than you've ever done before in that tennis game, in that math test you know, in that public speaking event or in that conversation with friends. Not that these things have to are bad or scary. It's just that anytime you need the extra boost, adrenaline is what gives you that. So I think that the more people, and like the more you do good silver work with people, in fact, they start to see that when they tap into it, not only is the alarm sounding in their chest, you know, like not bad, it actually is really good and it helps them. And then being thrilled has positive connotations, not just negative ones. Mm-hmm.
1: So the, the way I take it in Guy Meadows' original, the analogy that we did that episode on many, uh, a while ago, he, he's making the crucial distinction between process and outcomes. And so silver is like focusing on the process and gold is getting mm-hmm. the right outcome in the case of sleep. Yeah. So sleep is just, silver is just stay in bed, accept the your inability to sleep or the discomfort whereas gold is have perfect sleep which is an outcome um so we're still on board with that distinction Um, what we're saying Mm -hmm. now is with regard to anxiety is that actually there's another level of engaging the process which is to love the challenge and to see the transcendent dimension of it and that's what we're calling gold now so we're still we're not saying oh you want to be outcomes focused and that's why gold is okay. We're we're just saying there's another level to the process that that he didn't identify. Um, And
0: so we still want to say focus on the process, right? Exactly. Because I think he didn't have the full idea of reframing. So what is the best use that in fact this can be put to? So I think that, take for example, um, cravings. So the on the one level, you can teach people to tolerate cravings and push through them. You know, I don't know if we would necessarily, it depends on the craving. You know, if it was something that is, I don't know, uh, dangerous, I wouldn't have, people can crave heroin. You know, they can crave bad things. So I'm not saying that you'd necessarily do like superlative exposures to heroin to get over the craving for it. But uh, But the bronze goal would be, strategies that just make it harder and harder for them to get to it so that you're just making the trigger more remote. I think the silver level is that you're teaching people. This is not just for heroin. I'm talking about all cravings. Silver Mm -hmm. is that you teach people to actually.
1: For for listeners, I think the next thing I was going to ask you is if we can apply this model to distractions at work. And, you know, in study ah, or reading, reading or something. Some so, so I think it, maybe it's good that listeners just have that in mind potentially. Yeah, it could
0: be because a distraction is a craving. So that, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, to, it's being drawn to the wrong step. So it's a prediction that you're going to do something, which is what a craving is. You know, a craving is just a prediction that you will do something desirable. And then when that prediction is strong, you start to crave it. But if you're mindful of the craving, then it loses its power over you. It starts to feel like something very finite. And even the attractive power of it is enormously weakened just by being there. Now, so you could tolerate the craving, you could accept the craving, or you could love the craving. And why love it? Because that is precisely the path of freedom. You feel the craving when you're shaping yourself. So if you really understood what was happening inside of you when you had a craving, you would love it because cravings are only experienced when you're on the right path. You know, and so even in your work, if you're going down the right path and then there's a craving, a distraction, pulling you something else, you can love the feeling of that and continue on the path. So, And you can, you can use it as a way of, in fact, tightening and recommitting yourself. So that you have in the gold here, which is like, you love the difficulty. What you have in there is the full actualizing of your commitment. And the commitment is triumphing over everything else. And it loves the process of triumphing.
1: Yeah. Hey, okay. Let me challenge you on this a little bit. Uh, so, um, I think when we, when we were early, earlier talking about gold, we have the idea that gold is, is transcendent, it's self transcendent. So. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just about improving yourself, but now actually performing better in whatever it is. And so with ad- anxiety, you have adrenaline, which is there to help yep. you to perform better. Uh, so it's it, on some external things, some way of, of uh, some, developing some skill or living an ideal or for developing a bond. Uh, so is the craving, because now when you describe gold with the craving, it seemed to be more focused on the internalist. Here's how you, this is your chance to develop freedom and overcome this kind of, say, addiction in an extreme case or uh, just this habit. Um, Is there any way that the craving, like adrenaline, is like it's when it's unused, you experience it as a craving, or when it's you have a, a negative appraisal of it, you experience it as a bad thing, as a distraction, as a craving? But is there something, you know, going on in your brain that, is actually gonna help you to work better if you just learn how to harness it properly.
0: Yeah, I think it's dopamine. So just as anxiety is all about adrenaline, our best science at this point is that the cravings are all about dopamine. And in fact, that dopamine is going, it can be the thing that keeps you making progress. So as you're making progress towards unattainable goals, that you're stretching yourself towards ideals, or deepening bonds, or even better developing skills and knowledge. Any of those types of things, what happens is as you continue to get progress like you're on the right track, every time you notice, your brain notices you're on the right track, you actually get more dopamine. But the reason people would do the distracted thing is to get another quick dopamine fix. But those are always for little attainable outcomes. Little, intent, you know, like moments of enjoyment. So, in fact, there is a deeper joy you get from progress in meaningful things, making real progress in those skills and knowledge that are most relevant to your life, making real progress in ideals, and then making real progress in bonds. So that's the real thing that you get with gold: is you love the process of keep of making progress towards these things that transcend you, that stretch that stretch beyond you.
1: Yeah. Okay, can you just can you simplify? Can you make, like say in this? So with adrenaline it, or with anxiety and adrenaline, it seems very simple. It's like okay, you have adrenaline. That's you're experiencing that as anxiety. Adrenaline is a performance enhancer, and mm-hmm, so all mm-hmm. you need to do is view it positively, and it'll help you perform at your best. So it's a very
0: it's kind of simple. Yeah. But flip. even then, so, that's a little bit. Of, I mean, I, I love I love that we say it that way. I wish everyone said it this way. Uh, there is still in that it's a little more subtle in that you have two systems of adrenaline. One is in your periphery in your bloodstream, but that doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. You have a whole other system inside your brain that technically is called noradrenaline. Uh, and so, even though it's the same molecule, uh, but noradrenaline functions as a neurotransmitter. Adrenaline in bloodstream is more of a hormone, so it is a hormone, um, although it may have some neurotransmitter-like effects. So I think the idea is that you, in fact, it's a different system that kicks in, but that system of the internal adrenaline is activated by the reframe. So by simply reframing what is going on and seeing, oh, this is, I need more of this. Like bring it on, the more the better. That attitude is what shifts the adrenaline from your periphery where it's needed for muscles to fight or flee into the brain to perform, to exceed, to transcend. So to like achieve some personal best and and so and then you're going to ask them more how is that yeah. translate to crazy so
1: then yeah exactly so then in the context of a distraction would someone say okay i'm feeling distracted right now and that means that there's some dopamine that is mm-hmm. pushing me in a particular direction and okay i don't want to go in that direction but the dopamine i want so i'm going to consciously redirect like this is a good thing i'm going to redirect the dopamine towards um you know, pushing me towards my ideals. Is that a, a plausible way to deal with it?
0: Yeah. So, what you want is dopamine, because you can get dopamine from, it's basically left brain or right brain. It's going to be from left brain outcomes, which are generally going to be things that are pleasurable, uh, versus right brain processes where you have endless growth. So, you don't want the low hanging fruit, which is always these outcomes. Like, oh, I'm going to check my phone. I'll check Twitter. I'll check this. And then people like keep on trying to, before they start working, they try to like get enough dopamine in their system from having checked all these other things that now is like, okay, now I'm ready to work. And like 45 minutes has gone by. So it's much better that people, in fact, get dopamine from the work itself and the way that they are growing and the bonds they're developing. So that those are the things that, that as you make progress in the task itself, you actually do get some dopamine. Uh, more important is, in a sense, playing a bigger game than just the outcomes you're attaining in this work. What are the ways you want to shape yourself in with this work? What are the bonds you can deepen by how you do this work as you make progress in those more meaningful ways? So if you could find Let's just say, theoretically, you could find a way that this work you're about to do this next hour can tie into your deepest relationship in life. That work, suddenly, all the progress you make in it, in fact, gives you more dopamine. The The higher the, the purpose, the, the deeper it is, if you can make real progress in this next hour, you would actually get more dopamine from that. And that progress would mean sacrificing the little outcome dopamine things that 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 come. So um Daniel Lieberman talks about all of this in his book, The Molecule of More. So in the last chapter is all about ideals and bonds and these these deep and mastery, these things that these are the things that allow for endless, endless dopamine. It doesn't mean that you're getting bombarded like I mean, certain uh you know, certain things can like bombard the system with dopamine and flood it you know, and generally those things are bad for us. (laughs) So, um, but, um, you know, this is like the healthy dopamine. So it's not going to be overstimulating us. And so that's what happens every time we get distracted. We can actually think this is a chance to be back on the right path. And seeing that we're making progress on the right path actually does give us more real dopamine. Mm -hmm.
1: Wonderful. Hey, Kevin, well, I think this is great. We've covered the new metals, the bronze, silver, and Gold, and we've applied it to anxiety and distraction. So, I don't know if you have any final thoughts. This kind of maybe, yeah.
0: One final thought that as as I was thinking about this, and in bronze, what you're really doing is you're tolerating a trigger. Okay. And then, so tolerance, I always thought tolerance wasn't really a high ideal. I, I, I never was sure is tolerating anything an ideal? Because if you think about the people in your life, and ask yourself, who do I merely tolerate? That's well, not really great. <laughs> it's like people shouldn't be treated with tolerance. You know, uh, so the next higher level up is acceptance. So and then okay, so accepting people means you're totally okay with them. You know, but even that you can see, is that really an ideal when it comes to how we treat others? Well, not really. The gold in relationships is actually love that learning how to positively love the other person. In that case, it's like they are the adrenaline, they are the dopamine. But it's like, this is the thing that I could tolerate, I could accept, or I could actually love. You know, I think it's a a sign that people have gotten the experience of gold in relationships, that they are actively seeking relationships. They're actively seeking to deepen the relationships they currently have and to make New friendships to make new bonds. That idea of actively looking to make friends, actively that is gold. Actually, in relationships, and I think so many people don't have as many friends as they could, or their bonds, to their family members, isn't aren't as deep because they're kind of stuck in bronze and silver. I mean, no metal in this case would just be total isolation. So okay, I'm just cutting off all bonds. But even then, in the people in the bonds that we do have, the more you have golden bonds, I think the more bonds you get and the more every bond in your life can tend towards being golden. That doesn't mean they're all equal to each other. You know, some bonds are deeper than others. But it just means that there will be at least a sense that for your part, you're actually loving, not just accepting or tolerating. So it's interesting that this kind of fits the path that people can make in, in making progress in anxiety, making progress in distraction. But it's also how you make progress then, even just thinking about relationships. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that trajectory of tolerating to accepting to loving. I think that's an extremely helpful idea. I also think it's great that we're aiming for gold again uh, because I would always give you a know, presentation on Optimoric and then I would explain the metals analogy, which was, I thought was super helpful. Just aim for silver. Why well, you should aim for silver, not gold? And then the next section would sometimes be about the golden hour. And I think I create a little cognitive dissonance in the – the audience yeah. uh, so it's nice that now we can say okay here's how you can aim for gold and then a golden hour is how you bring that into an hour of work which is great
0: yeah that's no that is uh well well this is all going to be in the new anxiety class so that's great we can stay tuned for that
1: yeah looking forward to it all right well kevin thanks so much
0: sharif thanks for thanks for being here
1: absolutely we'll be back next week Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation and you're looking for more in-depth guidance, check out OptimalWork.com, our platform of content, tools, and exercises that will help you thrive at work and beyond. See you next week.